Our scripture reading is taken from John 19, verses 1 through 15. This is the word of God. So then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. And the disciples twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe. Then they said to him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him with their hands. Pilate then went out again and said to them, Behold, I bring him out to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and a purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold, the man. Therefore, when the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, You take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to our law, he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard that saying, he was the more afraid, and and went again into the praetorium and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. And Pilate said to him, Are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? Jesus answered, You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but The Jews cried out, saying, If you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. Whoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. And Pilate therefore heard that saying. He brought Jesus out and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement. But in Hebrew, Galgapath. Now it was the preparation day of the Passover and about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold, your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. That is the word of God. Jesus was abused, (coughs) accused, and abandoned for your salvation. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, even before Jesus went to the painful and to the shameful cross to die for you, he had to endure many other horrible things. He was cruelly abused for you. He was falsely accused for you. And he was totally abandoned for you. And what is the operative word there? For you. And hear about this again today. I hope you never ever get tired of this story. Because it's the most important 
thing that has happened in your life. Way more than your marriage, the birth of your children, uh, anything you can imagine. Nothing comes close to this account of Jesus suffering and dying for you. Let's then consider our three headings. Jesus is abused, Jesus is accused, and then Jesus is abandoned. Our goals are that you will rejoice. Remember, Good Friday is for rejoicing. Rejoicing that Jesus suffered and died in your place. And that he fully earned your salvation. And that you will introduce others to the one who bears sin. That great sin bearer, Jesus Christ himself. Let's first talk about the abuse that Jesus faced as recorded for us by the Apostle John. Jesus, the creator of heaven and earth, was stripped naked, fastened to a pillar, and then severely whipped across his bare back. These whips had hooks in them, and they would swing the hooks, and when they, the hooks got into the flesh, then they would pull. That's what the prophet talked about, having furrows on his back. If you're a farmer, you understand that. His back became furrows from the abuse that he faced. And this was at the order of the Roman governor, Pilate. Pilate declared him innocent. He declared him innocent with his mouth. But his hands told a different story. He struck Jesus. He did this grossly unfair act in order to please the Jews. So that they might want to release Jesus. And he would be freed from having to make a tough decision. It didn't work of course. And yet what Pilate was doing was legally proving that Jesus was innocent. A requirement for him to be that perfect sacrifice for sins. Remember, before an animal was sacrificed, they had to open its mouth, make sure it didn't have damaged teeth. It wasn't spotted, it wasn't lame, it wasn't sickly looking. It had to be the right kind. And that's what Pilate is doing here without knowing it, proving that Jesus was that perfect sacrifice. Then verse 2, the soldiers, with Pilate's approval again, twisted a crown of thorns on Jesus' head to mock him as a fake king. They didn't realize that they were showing the marks of Adam's curse on his head. Thorns, as you read in Genesis, came as a result of God's curse on Adam and Eve. So Jesus literally took that head on. This crown of thorns must have been painful. Hitting the raw nerves on his forehead. But he was doing that because that's what he was called to do. To redeem man. And the soldiers again with Pilate's approval. Put a reddish purple robe on Jesus to mock him. Mock his claim to be king. They didn't realize that a reddish purple robe signified the scarlet sins of the whole world that Jesus was carrying on him. They were fulfilling what God said. And they didn't know it. Jesus came to bear the sins of the world. And the soldiers pictured that great work. 
And then the people nearby and the soldiers mocked him as king, bowing down to him to mock him. Verbal abuse, of course, can be most painful, especially when one is innocent. It's pro- it was probably easier to take the hooks in the back that created furrows than to take the insults that Jesus had to take. And yet they were confessing what was true. Indeed, Jesus was king of the Jews. And he deserved to be bowed down to. They were doing it in a mocking way. But it's what should have been done in a reverent way. And then the people hit him. A most personal insult to be slapped. Cause injury, but it also caused insult. They hit the God of glory. But God didn't strike them down. Why wouldn't God have struck them to to commit such a sacrilege? Well, the Father caused Jesus to endure slaps and punches like that because that's what you deserved. He had to go through that because you deserve to be slapped. You deserve to be humiliated. And we jump to verse 4 and 5. And we see then that Pilate again declared Jesus was innocent. In fact Pilate declared Jesus innocent three times. At least. And yet in the most barbaric way. Contrary to Roman law. He gave Jesus to the people. So that they could kill him. What is interesting though, you see, if you have your Bibles open, you'll see in verse 5, Pilate said to them, behold the man. And that's kind of an important part of this suffering. Because Pilate was declaring that this was fully man. And to be a sacrifice for us, he had to be fully man. That's why Jesus had to be born and grow up as a man. He couldn't appear as some kind of ghost-like figure to die for us. If man sinned, as our catechism says, man had to die. And Pilate was declaring, yes, this is fully man. Therefore, fit sacrifice for sins. What can we gather from this first point? The abuse that Jesus faced here. First of all, all of this innocent abuse had to be done as a punishment for you. For you were the guilty one. You should get a glimpse here of what your sins deserve and from which you were saved. You deserve the hooks in your back, you deserve the insults. You deserve the crown of thorns. You deserve the slaps. You deserve to be covered with blood. We live in a society where we're told how important we all are. How special we are from infancy. You go to school, the first thing to tell you, feel good about yourself. All this is what you truly deserve. And that's why, secondly, you must passionately worship the one who endured all of this for you. You deserve it, but he took the abuse. And he took that abuse in his body, in his mind, and in his soul. 
after all, wouldn't you do something like that for somebody who might even do something much less for you? Somebody calls 911, you're involved in an accident, you are very thankful for them. When somebody redeems your soul, took full abuse, you surely would be thankful. The second thing then we will go to, not only was he abused for us, he was accused for us. Accused, falsely accused, and ultimately condemned. But look at verse 6 now. The stone-hearted Jews, unmoved by Christ's suffering and by Pilate's attempt to, to free him, demanded that Pilate execute Jesus. This was the work, of course, of the mob. The mob wanted to see him executed in the most horrible, painful, and shameful way. Pilate sarcastically urged them to crucify him themselves because he didn't want to execute an innocent man. He was literally saying, if you want him dead, you kill him. But when the mob action didn't work, you see the false accusation coming up. They said Jesus made himself to be the son of God by which the Jews understood he was claiming equality to God and therefore deserved to be killed. That's the accusation. Jesus did claim to be the son of God. And remember when that term was used, the son of God, it was not using it generically like all men are sons of God. Because if Jesus was using it in that way, as sometimes the Muslims and others, the Jehovah's Witnesses would like to argue. If he just said, I'm a son of God, then nobody would have any trouble with that. No Jew would have any trouble with that because that's who we all are. But when he used the title, the son of God, they understood that he was speaking of the second person of the Trinity. And that's why they wanted him convicted of blasphemy, of claiming to be equal to God. No mere man was allowed to claim to be God. And it's true, Jesus did claim to be the natural and essential Son of God, claiming equality with God. Jesus was not claiming to be a moral man or a moral preacher who came to redeem the world by changing behavior. No, he claimed exactly what he came to do. And he was not a adopted son like we are he was the natural son what is strange here is that even if this were true it should have resulted not in crucifixion but in stoning which was a far less painful thing because in stoning they would drop a heavy stone on your chest crush you and then put a pile of stone on top of you you were dead very quickly whereas Crucifixion was painful and shameful because you were stripped naked and you literally hung there. That's why the, the song we were just singing, the bones fell out of joint. You literally are hanging there and you choked to death when you couldn't hold yourself up to breathe. Very painful way to die. And the Jews were going beyond what they should anyway. And yet... Jesus not only had to be a man, as Pilate testified, he had to be God. And who was testifying that that was his claim? The Jews were. They were claiming very specifically that this was, this man claimed to be God. 
And that proved who he was. Because he had to be great enough. Not only had to be man. If man sin, man had to die. But he had to be God. Because he had to be great enough to die. For the sins of the whole world. So he was the perfect sacrifice. And we see that played out in his suffering. And in verses 9, uh, 8 through 11. Pilate became afraid. That the Jews might start to riot. But hearing Jesus was claiming to be God, he became even more afraid. And he began to question Jesus about his origin. But Jesus refused to answer. Why? At this time, because Jesus realized this man has punished me already without committing a crime. And then Pilate, of course, tried to pull rank like many times people, corrupt people do. Do you know that I have the power to crucify you? But Pilate should not be questioning someone who, by his own testimony, had done nothing wrong. And seeing how arrogant Pilate was, Jesus decided to silence him by reminding him of three things. Look at the text and see what Pilate reminded him. First of all, sorry, what Jesus reminded Pilate of. He says, Pilate, your power was delegated from God. Implying that Pilate would have to stand before God for the judgments that he made. Second, Jesus said, if I wanted, I could pray for 12 legions of angels to destroy Pilate. And the entire Roman army. And all those who were supporting the Roman army. And this of course put great fear as you will see later on. In Pilate when he heard that. But Jesus didn't stop there. Jesus addressed to Pilate. Concerning the people, the Jews who were egging him on and pushing him and threatening. Jesus pointed out that the Jews were more sinful than Pilate who was condemning an innocent man to death. Why? Because the Jews wanted... The Jews knew better. They knew you would never put a man to death innocently. They knew how God hated that. They knew men were made in the image of God. And to go after Pilate in this way, uh, Jesus in this way was the most horrible thing. More, they wanted the leader to abuse power for personal gain. Many people still do that today, don't they? Try to use the state and others to push their own agenda. That's a wicked thing because it causes anarchy. Within the entire society. Rebellion is worse than witchcraft. And that's why God says these people were the worst. They were the worst. They accused them of all kinds of things. And they were accusing him of the truth. But they wanted to kill him for that. What can we learn from this? There are four things I want you to think about now in the second point. First, there are many who indirectly claim to be God and want to exercise dominion and control of your life. And you must reject them. Why? Because they're not gods. And these include the state. 
The state now is claiming ownership of your children. And you must defy them in that. It's not theirs. Your children are not theirs. The state is only a creature made by God and is limited in the scope of its work. Be bold enough to rebuke them. If you read uh, Jeremiah 11, there's that strong warning to stand up where Jeremiah prayed for God's justice to come upon those who were wicked, who were pursuing the destruction of the nation. If their laws are contrary to God's laws, they're acting as God's. Because remember this, whoever makes the law is God. So the state makes a law that's contrary to God's law. The state is declaring itself to be God. And you must reject that. That's the first thing when we deal with Pilate and the people. We see their response. Second, there are those who twist the law for personal vendettas or for personal gain. And they will be tossed into hell and not be vindicated. That's what Jesus warned Pilate about. You want to send an innocent man to death. I could, if I didn't come for this purpose, I could call 12 legions of angels and destroy you. There are always people who want to twist God's law. You see that in the church too. Where people take the law and they say, well, it doesn't really mean what it means. And the Bible talks about leadership in the church. They say, well... Back in the Bible, the women weren't smart, and therefore that's why they were not allowed to be leaders. But now women are smart, and therefore it's okay. First of all, that's a very big insult to the women back then, because we see many of them were extremely wise. In fact, many times they were helping to teach some of the men who were not as educated. But it's how you can twist the scriptures to get your point across. Third, Jesus was more than a human, a mere human teacher of morality. And he had to be more. If Jesus were an ordinary man, just a man, he would have been put in a mental institution for claiming to be God. But he came to be, to be a sacrifice for sins. And to do so, he had to be fully man and fully God. And that's what the Pilate and then the Jews testified. That's the basis on which he was able to save us. We don't have this God, this modern liberal God where Jesus is just a moral lawgiver. He came to, to teach us peace with each other. Do unto others. And that's supposed to be the standard of morality. But that's not what Jesus came to do. He came to be that fit sacrifice. We talk about rejoicing. Yes, we rejoice because we don't have a moralistic teacher like Confucius or Buddha. We have one who came fully God and fully man, testified to by the world and by the state. And he did complete that sacrifice for sins. Fourth, the accusation of Jesus of the most heinous sins was necessary. Why? Because you were guilty of the most heinous sins. He had to be accused of those terrible things. Sins worthy of death. You know why? 
Because Eve, Adam and Eve claimed to be God. They decided what the laws were going to be. And you decided to be God. Because you wanted to live life according to your own standard. And that's why he was put to death for claiming to be God. Because that was your claim. So what happened in the end? There he was abused physically. He was then accused falsely. Then they abandoned him. Verse 12. Then the Jews joined in one chorus to demand the murder of Jesus by manipulating and threatening Pilate to report him to Caesar Tiberius. And Caesar Tiberius was known for being an extremely jealous emperor. He wanted nothing that would threaten his power. And Pilate at the same time hated to be in Judea and Palestine. He wanted one of those nicer appointments somewhere along the Mediterranean according to history. Nicer climate, not so rebellious people. And if these people reported to Caesar that Pilate was not a good leader, he would have been stuck there forever. So he was in trouble. But in reality, the big story here is that the Jews were abandoning Jesus. Jesus was their king and they were in fact embracing the foreign beast. That city that sat on the seven hills. Rome. How great was their hatred against the Lord. They had their consciences seared at this time. They weren't feeling anymore. They had no empathy for an innocent man. The Jewish leaders even manipulated the people to abandon God. Remember what happened before. The Sunday before they were waving palm branches and saying Hosanna. Which means God save us. They spread their clothes on the ground for him to walk on. For his donkey to walk on. So the donkey would be cushioned and his ride would be more comfortable. They were ready to accept him as king. And these Jewish leaders turned the people against him. So they cried out all the more, crucify him. The one who showed compassion to the people. The one who healed the people. The one who gave food to the hungry. The one who cared for the most ignored in society. Who showed empathy to the lepers. The one who wasn't trying to get rich off of the people. The one who called for the pure worship of God. That was the one the Jews abandoned. And went in support of the Jewish leaders who manipulated the people. Who got rich off of the people. Who told them it's better to give your money to the church than to take care of your sick relatives or your parents. And all their such wickedness. Who live for the letter of the law and say... It's okay if you, kill, if you pay someone to kill as long as you don't kill the person yourself. That was Jewish law. And that's the one the people went to instead of the one who truly cared for them. And when they abandoned Jesus, where did they run? They ran to the foreign beast. If you read the book of Revelation carefully, you will find there. There is this scarlet harlot that went and sat on the beast's lap. The beast there was Rome. The scarlet harlot. Why is she wearing a scarlet robe? 
because she was keeping her own sins for herself. Jesus had that for her. She decided she was going to wear it herself to be that great prostitute all over again. A pilot tried one last time to free Jesus, but the Jews continuously screamed for Jesus' murder. The Jews, including their leaders, pledged allegiance to Caesar, whom they hated, in order to kill Jesus, whom they hated even more. This confirmed their abandonment of Christ. Even if Jesus were not Messiah, they would have abandoned God for the Roman beast. And this was a fulfillment of God's promise. This promise is seen for us in Genesis 49. The Bible there says when uh, Jacob was about to die and he was blessing his children... He said that Jesus would come, or Shiloh, another name for Jesus, when there would be no more kings in Judah. And here it was official. They said, we have no king but Caesar. The people were confirming the words of God. They were confirming that Jesus was the one who would come to die for their sins, and they didn't know it. The sad thing was they were abandoning the only hope that they could have had. And then on top of the disciple, the, the Jews who were there, Jesus' own friends and family and disciples abandoned him as well for fear of being punished. The abandonment was complete. He was alone. But he set his face like flint heading to the cross, determined because he was going there for you. What can we learn here? First of all, Jesus had to be abandoned because You deserve to be abandoned for your inherited and your personal sins. Second, because he never abandoned you, because he went to the cross determined to go there for you, you must never abandon the one who gave his life for you. Remember, at the end of the world, there will be another throne, that great white throne, just as Pilate did. And sitting on the throne, the Lord will say to you, You are innocent and you will go free. Not you're innocent, but we will kill you anyway. But you are innocent because Jesus was declared guilty for you. That's the beauty. That's why we can rejoice today. Because that's your future. One more thing. It may be popular to worship many gods today. Those gods could be health. Those gods could be wealth. But neither can save your soul. Those gods could be the state. Which promises to take care of you from the cradle to the grave. But it can't. And it surely can't take care of you after this life. Who can? Jesus can. Let's conclude. Pilate and the Jews sacrificed their consciences in order to sacrifice Jesus. But the Jews were worse. They abused the Lord physically and mentally and spiritually. They turned against their Lord and falsely accused them of hating Rome and blaspheming God. 
The Jews hated Jesus because he would not be their earthly king. He would not destroy the Romans and he would not establish David's expanded kingdom. That's what they wanted. That's why they turned against Jesus. So instead, they joined with Rome, whom they hated, and tried to and succeeded in killing Jesus. The Jews abandoned Jesus. And then they murdered him. But he came to die for sinners. So brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Christ died in the most horrible way. To save men from their sins. And bring them into his eternal kingdom. Christ didn't come to make you healthy. Oh you may become healthy. Because you choose a better lifestyle. Christ didn't come to make you wealthy. You may become wealthy. If you are diligently working with your hands and your brain. To accomplish something. He didn't come to remake society like President Obama said and the other socialists. He came to regenerate the spiritually dead and to give them life. He knew salvation was your greatest need, not redistribution of wealth. Ephesians 5.2 says, walk in love as Christ also has walked, has loved us and given himself as an offering and a sacrifice to God as a sweet smelling aroma. So knowing that, knowing what Jesus came to do for you, crown him. Crown him with many crowns. See his eternal kingship. Don't ignore him like the Jews did. Don't abandon him like they did. Rather, crown him with worship. Crown him with obedience. Crown him Lord of all. And one of those ways in which you crown him is to make that introduction between him, the sin bearer, and those who are still trapped in sin. You know, we hear we'll improve people's lives if they have wells and schools and uh, good hospitals. Are there blessings to those things for sure? But what the world needs most of all is Jesus Christ. We need to rethink our own missions. So much of missions today is digging wells. We need to be digging into the hearts. We need to go after the heart with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we need most of all. And finally, if you're not a Christian, do you realize that if you reject Jesus as your Savior, you're not only condemning yourself, you're also condemning your children. And you're not condemning them to a difficult life or poverty, maybe, but worse than that, you're condemning them to hell. May you recognize now the need to submit and serve the one true God of heaven and earth who sent his son to save you by his death. And may that blessing flow to your children.